as we share on this pathway, this has nothing to do with the mind, the ego, the emotions, the body, any of these levels. This is simply the soul having a journey of experience. And when that soul is coming towards the end of its journey in this physical creation, then God will begin to call it home. And we will respond to the call by seeking, searching, asking, knocking, seeking out the way to answer that call. And at first it seems like a long distance call and it costs a lot of money. But then you get closer and closer and it's more local and eventually you're right there in the same home. Your soulmate is your own soul. Stop looking for it in the world. That's the truth. So are you going to live the truth or are you going to keep chasing after the illusion in the world? And realize the illusion in the world is only your own projections into the world. It is not other people, other things. It is your projections that you are chasing. So at any time, you could stop and call those projections back. You don't have to go anywhere. You just have to sit your ass down and do it. Ooh, ass, that's another acronym we have to go. Sit it down, accept self and soul. That's it. When you stop chasing... And you sit down and I'll start calling back what you've put out as a projection is where you're going to begin to wake up and really know and experience your true divine nature. It's that simple. That's why we do the meditation to start the whole day, every single day. 10% of the day, the true law of tithing had nothing to do with giving money or possessions to any spiritual figures. That's just the game of the world. True tithing is about giving your time to God, and that's what meditation is, is giving your time, spending time with God. You can't give time, it's not yours to begin with. You can spend time with God, 10% of the day, 2 hours and 24 minutes to be exact. We say 2 and a half, because it usually takes a few minutes to settle in and probably a few minutes to come out of it. So there, we round it off. Stretch a little bit. And it doesn't have to be only one night? No, nope, you can do it. However you want. Any time of the day, anywhere, split it up. Don't do the full two and a half hours. Really, this is where I even hate using the word law because there's no punishment here other than how you punish yourself. Seriously, that's it. Do five minutes a day, ten minutes a day, ten hours a day. The recommendation is 10% of the day. And you will find, here's the, here's the thing, you will find that each of you are going to find for yourselves that you're going to respond to however that call is for you, how much time you do it. If you do it in one sitting or laying down as most of us do, or however, or split it up through the day, or half an hour a day, or whatever. Find what that is for you. We don't want to make it a rule. If you make it a rule and make it rigid, you're going to start to create more barriers again. This is about freedom, not about more restriction. Not about more restriction. This is about freedom. We give and share and recommend and suggest. That's why we even say recommend and suggest because we want to try to be as clear as we can about this is not a rule or a have to because as soon as we make it a rule or a have to, the walls come closing in. And that's going in the opposite direction of what we're attempting to do here. And that's why we spend a lot of time talking about loving, accepting, and forgiving to remove those walls. And then it's a lot easier then to go inside and do the meditation. And you'll find 
is you're really responding more and more to that call of loving, you'll want to spend more time in meditation. And that's the proper way to do it, as a natural response. If all your response right now is, say, 10 minutes a day, let that be okay. Stop making it wrong. Don't take the 2.5 hours or 10% of the day and use it as a measurement to now judge yourself. Use it as a guide. Okay, that's a guide, and I'm going to live where I'm at now. It's like climbing the mountain. That's another symbology here, climbing the mountain. The physical world's the bottom of the mountain. The top of the mountain is right here, the seat of the soul. So you're going to climb the inner mountain. That's the true story of Moses. He didn't climb Mount Sinai. He talked about going into the mountain and climbing up to the top to see the burning bush, the light of your own soul. This is what we're talking about. Let you find your own rhythm, your flow, the time you spend with that inside. Because when you honor that is when it's going to just unfold or blossom so much more easily, gently, and naturally. And believe me, it'll happen quicker if you don't try to force it. If you try to force it, you actually slow it down. In fact, in the East, sometimes it's taught to resist getting initiated as long as you can. Why do they say that? Because the longer you hold back, the stronger that longing of your soul wanting to be back with God builds and builds until you can't resist anymore. And then it's like, whoosh. That's why they share that. Because this is a response to the longing of the soul to be back with God. We're responding at this level. We're not trying to become psychic or intuitive here. But you know what? You'll start to wake up and have greater inner awareness because that's part of the awakening to the soul that is responding to the call of God. So we have to have some level of inner awareness. We just sometimes name it as psychic or metaphysical or clairvoyant or something else, when really it's just becoming more awake and aware spiritually to that movement of loving. And in that does come greater understanding and knowing of our own journey or things we can see with other souls' journeys. But that's not what it's about, is seeing other people's stuff. You go chasing after that, you're going to create a lot more shit you're going to have to deal with and clean up. But that's all right, because that's how we learn. So part of it is to stop judging even where you are doing those types of things and just start loving yourself. Focus really on loving and accepting yourself. And all those areas where you have been judging yourself, start to forgive yourself. That's how simple this is. That's the magic. If you do it, you'll experience the miracles that come with it. But if you try to make it anything other than that, you get all kinds of other stuff that isn't so nice and loving in all that. But that's often how it works. We'll often do all the things that are painful and that don't work. And now we know they're painful and don't work. And then all of a sudden we'll do the thing now that really works and is very loving and just so amazing. It's funny how it works. Not really when we're going through it. It's funny after we're going through it. Not while we're going through it, I know. But that's part of the journey here. We are simply on the journey, and it is through that experience that we are having the experience we were meant to have to learn the lessons we're here to learn. And when we come towards a completion, the real calling, rather than to answer the call of the world, we're going to start to turn around and now answer the call of the divine. It's funny, because in truth, you can't force this to happen, and you can't hold back or stop it from happening. 
it's just easier and a nicer experience when you just let it unfold and you just follow that flow. Go with the flow, as I say. But there is a, a process of attuning and understanding, getting to know what is that flow. And that's where meditation is really key. Because meditation is a way we can go inside and begin to wake up and become more aware and know what that flow of loving is that we are responding to. And at the same time as we do that, we're opening. There's a lot that goes on in meditation. Even when you think nothing's going on, your mind's just chattering, you're falling asleep, and you judge the hell out of your process of meditation, there's still a lot of wonderful loving going on there, and you're giving God the opportunity to really bring you home, even when your mind's going. That's why I made the joke the other day. Go binge, go pig out, go do all these things. Do you really think what you're doing with your mind and emotions and body stops the flow of loving? Yeah, the ego would like to believe that, but it doesn't. The ego's this little peon that God steps on and squashes. Not really. But in the greater scheme of things, if you saw the reality, that's what it's like. I actually experienced it that way. It's a little green pea in this vast universe of chaos. But I knew myself and was at peace that little speck in this huge universe because I simply focused into the loving. And that's all it is. And in that, there's the expansion. But you first have to come into that place of peace be still and know I am, and then it turns up to know the I am that I am. You've got to come to that point, to one-pointed focus, just like our contemplation exercise, and Jim talked about concentration, contemplation, and meditation. We're going to talk a little bit more later on today and tomorrow about concentration as well. It's all about that one-pointed focus that brings us to that place of peace, be still. And then in that, it can now pierce the veil of illusion of time and space. And then it's the flip. The pyramid or the point here, one point, as it goes down to the base, it's huge. Well, remember, that's a mirror image as above. So as you pierce through that, it just opens up. But you've got to come to that point, and that takes a real focus and a concentrated effort, which is simply placing your attention there. And then it just happens. That's it. You have your part to focus, and then as you do, the rest just unfolds. Even when you're not consciously aware here, you don't have to have conscious awareness or memory of maybe what you have experienced spiritually. Just because you may not have that doesn't mean it's not going on. It doesn't mean you're failing. This isn't working for you. I know what it's like not having the experience and you really wonder and doubt and fear if you're really making it. If you're doing the meditation, you're making it. If you're loving yourself once in a while, you're making it. If you practice a little bit of forgiveness here and there, you're making it. As I shared the other day, this is not pass-fail. Or if you want to go by those terms, everybody's going to pass. Some of us just take longer than others. But is that really the case? Or maybe those of us that seem to be getting it now have been really taking a long time to finally get it now. And it seems like we're getting it quick. And then others that are seemingly taking a long time Maybe they're newer to the whole experience. 
I've seen souls coming into this creation for the very first time. At the same time, there's plenty of souls going on out because they're on their last time. You cannot judge that process. There's no such thing as an old soul and a new soul. But there is such a thing as a soul coming in to this creation so it's newer here in a soul that's been around for a while and now it's going out. So all these terminologies we've heard with all this new age stuff coming in is just terminology. But for those of you here that are really looking for soul liberation, you've got to reach beyond that because a lot of that comes out of the mind. A lot of it's really great, but it's still limited and falls short of the true divine reality that is that true essence of spirit that is God, that is loving. And this is one of the poems from Rumi we heard last night. You've got to give it all up to gain it all. That's the true spiritual abundance that we're doing here. You do that and everything else will be provided. Whatever it is you need, even physically in this outer reflection. But you've got to be willing to give it all up. And that's the key. Not just physically, but mentally, emotionally, you give it all up. And how do you do it? Again, you don't go get rid of stuff. You don't cut the strings. You just love it all. And through that loving, it is all pulled back up. It is just pulled back up. It's as simple as that. Loving pulls everything up. Loving is uplifting. It lifts all things back up to God. Back up to God and back up to God. That's it. Back to God, back to God. It's all upliftment, all of it. Loving pulls everything up. That's the giving up that we're all seeking to really do. And it's through that action that we also give ourselves up to God so that we are lifted back up to God. And that's the liberation and the freedom and the karma done and karma clearing. But stop focusing on the karma clearing and just keep refocusing on loving God and merging back into that greater essence. And that will handle all the other. And you won't have so many problems. We get so caught up in all the problems, we're always trying to work them out. And then all the drama and trauma that surrounds that. Because we're trying to work it out. Stop trying to work it out. Just sit there and have a good laugh. A good LAF. That's more effective and goes a lot longer ways than it does trying to process and figure everything out. And once you figure everything out anyway, it doesn't get you anywhere, and then you go, okay, I give it up, and now some things move. That's right, because you finally gave it up. And sometimes there's a part of us that just tries to understand and needs to understand, and then when we do, then we can give it up. And that's often how it works. So let that be okay, too. That's why we do Q&A. Because sometimes getting that information from the mind helps bring peace to the mind so the mind will finally let go and give up. And so there's great value in that. That's why we take the time to share and do Q&A. We know how that works. Answering the mind in that regard is really loving the mind rather than making it wrong. And that's what this is about, is this loving. So even though we call it Q&A, it's really sharing loving. That's really what this is all about.